0: And it was so freeing because up to that point i had felt as if perfectionism and overachieving and being under the knives of judgment was going to be my story forever hello
1: you are listening to the late bloomer living podcast it's season four, and here we are still reimagining, rethinking, and redefining what it means to be in midlife and what's possible as we age. We are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. I created this podcast to give you inspiration and let you know you're not alone in feeling stuck in midlife. Both men and women are welcome here, but if you are a woman, I also invite you to join the Age Agitators Club for Women, where we come together monthly to hatch our plans for making waves as we age. Being part of this community for women will remind you on a regular basis that you're not too old, and it's never too late to do that thing you've been thinking about. You can find more information at latebloomerliving.com forward slash community, and I hope to see you there. Hello, my friend. I'm kind of pinching myself at the moment because the interview you are about to hear is somebody who has learned how to tap into ease and flow in order to get things done in her life, in her business. I guess that's the best way I know how to say it. And the reason I, I feel like I'm pinching myself over this is because some of you may know that I'm in the middle of a challenge for the month of February, and the challenge is a living playfully at any age challenge. And the very reason that I've taken on this challenge is so that I can rejigger my relationship to getting things done and working and how I move through the world because I tend to grind and I am a recovering perfectionist so I am trying to allow for more time in my life for play without guilt and shame attached to it Because that very often happens to me. I don't know if that happens to you. You take a little time for a little self-care, for a little something. And what happens? You feel guilty, right? I should be doing this. I should be doing that. That's what's going through my mind all the time. (laughs) So I've taken on this challenge, which I am probably going to be extending way beyond this month of February. Right now, I'm posting on a daily basis to Instagram and Facebook to keep myself accountable. I don't know if I'll continue to post about this challenge, but I'm definitely going to continue the challenge. And I will say that the posting, (laughs) it does bring up a certain amount of accountability which is why I'm doing it. So maybe I do need to keep doing this until until I learn how to make this part of my life. Okay, so let me tell you about my guest. Her name is Susie DeVille and she was introduced to me by my friend, Beth Barani, who is a writing coach. And she's written a book called Buoyant, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Becoming Wildly Successful creative, and free. I'm looking at the overview of her book on Barnes & Noble right now. And it says, The strongest lifeline is the one that leads you back to the gut of who you truly are. You're burned out, lost, and rudderless. Susie DeVille was where you may be now, drowning in debt, in the grip of unhealthy habits, with a marriage and business that had come crashing against the rocks today she is thriving not only did she dig out from debt she paid for her children's educations in cash funded her retirement and embraced a healthy and joyful lifestyle so I'm gonna stop reading but this is the sort of thing that I'm trying to tap into is this sense of my own inner being knowing what's right for me next and that's why I'm doing this challenge. So I'm just so excited for you to hear this conversation. Without further ado, here's Susie DeVille. Let's go. Hey, Susie. Thank you so much for being with me today.
0: Hey there. I am delighted to be here with you.
1: This is exciting. And I just want to thank Beth Barani right now for introducing us. Yay, Beth. She's awesome. I <laughs> <laughs> love Beth. Um, so, gosh, you have a whole story. I mean, you've got your, your. it's all tied in with your book, right? Because I remember the first time we spoke, and I love this phrase, I'm going to go back to it again, that your book was born out of your nuclear winter period. I wrote it down when you said that, because I was like, I feel like I've been through that nuclear winter period. So I want to know more about what that was for you and how you got
0: to the other side of that. Sure. So in 2008, after the markets crashed, literally everything in my life went poof. <laughs> and that was my health, my marriage, my business, my finances, just everything wow. sort of turned to dust. And my first reaction was, oh, I'll just work harder because that was what i had been trained to do my entire life was in good times and bad (laughs) one must work all the time and i thought well i'll just dig my way out through working more and what i realized very soon after having made that um, decision was that this was a situation that was going to require an entirely new approach And I had no idea initially what it was, but I had been involved in researching innovation and creativity up to that point. It had been about two and a half years. And I had a little sort of whisper that it had something to do with innovation and creativity, but I didn't have the full story. And what I started to do was piece together enough willingness to help me get off the emotional gurney that I was on, <laughs> find my own crash cart and put the paddles on my chest and just put one foot in front of the other. And what I discovered was, as I was working with my entrepreneur coaching clients and I was folding in what I had been researching and learning about through work in the master's program that I was in, everything that was keyed to creativity had this unusual way to center me back into the core of who i truly am and it was so freeing because up to that point i had felt as if perfectionism and overachieving and being under the knives of judgment was going to be my story forever And as unpleasant as my nuclear winter period was, which lasted about five years, my result after having come out of it was an entirely new way of living and thinking and being. And I would never trade that time period because what I'm doing now wouldn't exist. My book wouldn't exist. My company wouldn't exist in the way that it does. I certainly wouldn't be painting and sketching and making collages and doing mixed media. And uh, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here talking with you today because I would probably still be working 80 hour weeks. What and, were you
1: working at when you said you, you thought, <laughs> okay, I'm going to work my way out of this? What was yes. the work you were actually doing at that point? Were you already an entrepreneur and already in your own business?
0: Yes. I've been an entrepreneur for about 30 years. Okay. And I started in real estate in 2001. And so when the markets crashed, my husband at the time was in contracting and I was a real estate agent. So both of our industries were just decimated.
1: decimated. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, um, but real estate, I just sort of had real estate on the hard drive and I know how to do it. I love it. Um, And I thought, well, I'll just work and work and work and i'll just close deals and try to figure out a way out of this but of course nothing was happening and i live in a mountain resort community and there were no deals happening (laughs) people for the first time um, were in foreclosures and short sales and the landscape was not exactly conducive to doing real estate however Um, A couple of years later, I decided I was going to start my own firm because I had been working with another company and with literally no, I had negative $250,000 and I thought, I'm going to start my own real estate company and I'm going to create an office in the best location. Somehow I'm going to figure out how to do all of this. Everybody thought I was insane, Mm -hmm. but I could tell, I could sense the market was shifting. So what happened was, um, I was right. The market came back and I had positioned myself really well to build a company really, um, out of the ashes and that funded this journey, what I call my creative rebels voyage to discover go on all kinds of different life-changing experiences and adventures, work with some incredible um, experts, really learn all kinds of visual art, media, and then I started putting the pieces together and, so and I started what, folding it all into my, my, my work.
1: My brain is blowing up with questions <laughs> right now. Um. So when you, so when you say that this funded the change, what did that mean? Did you get into, did you put yourself into a program? Did you go back to school? What well, did I that had, look
0: like? I had gone back to get my master's from 2005 to 2006. Uh-huh which was before the nuclear winter period. Right. Um, but I had already, that was during, that was a time when I became very aware of this electricity that had to do with innovation and creativity. And I had a full body. Yes. in in a specific innovation and creativity class one day, and that sent me on what has been, you know, now, um, a 17 year journey. um, And so when I say funded, the real estate closings, I was doing real estate about 70% of the time. And then my Innovation and Creativity Institute was about 30% of the time.
1: So you were just all in, even though it wasn't time-wise, it wasn't all in. You
0: were, your your spirit was all in there. I was all in (laughs) because I had, I learned that the, there was i had spent a day looking into the chasm during the the sort of height of my nuclear winter period <clears throat> before i started to turn things around i considered what the worst case scenario was going to be and i looked at it literally peered over the edge of the chasm <laughs> and looked at it and saw myself there and i realized it's not my favorite thing. However, it's all survivable. I'm going to be fine. And I don't think the worst is going to happen. And so I felt incredibly bold because I had sort of looked at the things that, that go on in our mind as to all the fears of failure or all the panic around or, or the anxiety around starting something new Yeah, I just didn't have, I didn't have the luxury of, of, of the time and the space to, to, to engage in that. So I just went for it. I went for it in my real estate business and I went for it with the Institute.
1: And that was that, was that five, was that in 2013 that you started to see that change? Is that when you had the breakthrough with your real estate business and kind of everything like after five years of like, (sighs)
0: Nuclear Actually winter? I started the company in 2011. Okay. I moved I I moved into the office space in July. And the early part I started though in the early part of 2011, moved out of the marital home and just started you know, the scenes of the in the movies where people the snowburgers are on the phone calling people. The, I mean, I was just doing everything the calling I montage.
1: Could. We'll call yeah. that the, the, <laughs>
0: right. the cold calling montage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um in about three years, I had gotten completely out of debt. Um, I had been I, I started traveling to Europe again. I had fully funded my um, son and stepson's educations That's with amazing. cash. Wow! Um, and then I was able to I sold my company in 2018, so that I could focus on really devoting my time to the institute as well as creating my book, Buoyant.
1: Yeah. So tell me a little bit more. I, what I think I still haven't wrapped my head around is the creativity and the innovation. At what Like, what does that look like for you when you apply it to what you're doing?
0: So what I, my first clue was that play was a singular mover in changing how you work and how you live. And I I love,
1: I love the word play and I am delving right now into the idea of living playfully at any age. So
0: keep going, keep going. I'm excited. And it was not how I was wired, right? I was wired mm-hmm. for work. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the, my spirit animal would have been like a border collie, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And um, so this, I got this though, in that innovation and creativity class, and I could start to understand a lot more about how my brain and all of our brains work, that then led me on this journey of more research, more testing things with clients, and also my own artistic um, experience. And I could see that when I engaged in certain activities, i.e., let's just take sketching for an example, which For somebody who doesn't know how to sketch and somebody plops three peaches on a table in front of you and says, okay, draw that Uh all of your performance anxiety and worries come out initially, but then I settled in and I just merged with these objects and I saw for the first time, I'd seen peaches my entire life, obviously, but this was the first time I really saw a peach. And I really paid attention and I could see the contours and I could see that I could make my hands do what my eyes were taking in and I had gone on, it was probably about a 45 minute experience, but I entered a portal of being nowhere and no time and no place. I was in the unknown and I was comfortable there. It was not comfortable when I first sat down before I started working and moving my hands. Mm. It was very uncomfortable. Mm, Wow. But, But then when I started to play with it and I started to let go and I started to surrender into this experience of not knowing, something started to rewire inside of my brain. I could, I could sense I was tapping into my imagination and my intuition and my ideation in new ways. And it felt so completely cathartic, but at the other side of it, I had this new confidence and clarity and I knew I was onto something. And the more I pursued trying to reverse engineer this, the more I could see the connection between inspiration, not light bulb over the head inspiration, but literally breathing in. This is the way um, Paulo Coelho talks about it. So you breathe in Mm -hmm. beauty, art, nature, doing what you love, playing. This fills you. With inspiration. And for me, it was inspiration plus willingness to now try the scary thing of creating. And so I learned that by marrying inspiring activities with then making something, I then ignited what I call my creativity back channels. And I started to then test this and work with my clients and my hard charging, very business minded entrepreneurs who, when they saw me pulling out a sketchbook, the little (laughs) veins on their foreheads started pulsing in anger, frustration. Um, And so I had some convincing to do.
1: I imagine you did.
0: (laughs) And it works. Beautifully. Creativity. Tapping into your innate creativity. And and I know people will say, I'm not an artist and I don't have talent. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely um, not relevant. I can tell you, you are an artist. I can teach anybody how to make art. Um, You will have this exact same liberating experience. And you, you start to... Oh, go
1: ahead. I I just was wondering, do you have like an anecdotal story about one of these clients and like they did this and where did where did they where were they and where did it take them when they embraced doing doing this?
0: So I will I will tell you a story of someone who I'm currently working with. This is a very um, I have a zillion of these, but this gal um, was she came to me because she was feeling very disconnected in her personal life. And she felt that the color and the joy of her life had just sort of drained away. She was working like a fiend and she was working for someone else at the time. And she was very dissatisfied in her personal life and in her professional life. And she initially came to me to just kind of jumpstart start her mojo. She was just not looking to change a lot of things (laughs) and, um, just wanting to kind of dress up and, and, um, put some more pizzazz in her life. And we started working together. Um, and about a year later, um, she had left the company that she was working with. She had started her own enterprise. She began traveling, um, all over the world. She became a multimillionaire. Um, She developed a sense of self and an idea of who she truly is. She is alive in ways that she could never possibly imagine. And I can point it all to the seemingly innocuous yet surprising path to success and freedom, which is tapping into your innate creativity.
1: Wow. What did she end up doing when she, she left her, she left her job and what did she end up doing? Was it, was it travel related or what was, what was the business that she ended up taking on?
0: She has, um, an import business now and um, is working with, um, she's doing a combination of import and also brick and mortar retail.
1: Wow, was that at all in relation to what she had previously done in her job? Not (gasps) even remotely close. Wow, (laughs) that's kind of mind blowing.
0: But But what the work is about is what happens is, is that we chisel through the concrete which the concrete is other people's expectations of us, things that have layered onto us from me- well-meaning parents and teachers and peers, mm-hmm. culture,
1: mm-hmm. things
0: that we have even told ourselves about what we should be doing, who we should be in the world mm-hmm. and re- releasing duty and responsibility and obligations that are not ours and engaging in this journey of discovering who we truly are at our core and what brings us alive. And that then ignites and sets us on this incredible kind of almost Proustian journey of seeing these flashes of, Oh my gosh, there was the doll on a shelf that my grandmother gave me that was from this country and it was my favorite thing when i was seven years old and that ha- somehow leads to an import business it's kind of it sa- i know it sounds like magical thinking i know people who may be listening are probably like you know s- shaking their head saying this can't be real it is so real <laughs>
1: This is the thing though. And and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is the idea of starting with one thing of, of just changing it. it, You know, she didn't come to you to shake up her life the way it got shook up. She came to you to get a little, as you said, more pizzazz in her life, which I love. And don't we all want a little more pizzazz in our life, right? (laughs) And I know for me, you know, my experience in life has been that one little change here and there has led to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And, you know, I feel like it's, I can look back now at things that I was ruminating on when I was, you know, in my mid thirties and I'm 55 now and I go, as I look at the progression of where I am now to where I was then and how lost I felt and what 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 do I want to be when I grow up and all the things, it, everything that I did while I was feeling so lost and wishing I had a crystal ball has led me to here. and And I'm still in this place of, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but Kind of looking at it with a sense of like excitement and and curiosity, you know, to say, okay, well, do, oh, somebody posted something great the other day. Oh, I'm I, I'm not going to be able to pull the 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 reference or the or the, but the idea that I can get. He said um, the quote was something about, I don't know my purpose in life, and that is a wonderful thing because it means that I can keep exploring and finding what is next for me on this journey, you know? And I was like, oh, because I think we all think, oh, I need to know my purpose. I need to know. I need to know. I need to
0: know. Absolutely. And and there is so much pressure, especially that our young people feel, mm. They're just all these Gen Z kids who talk to me, who come up to me and say, I've read your book. And it's the first time I felt like a human since I was a little kid. Wow. Because there is- Did this... you cry when they told Oh you my gosh. Totally oh cried. my gosh. Yeah. Um, Just some of the most beautiful things, but what's so fantastic about it is when people- can see things recast from you must have this all figured out and you must go along this path in academia or wherever to mm-hmm. achieve it mm-hmm. <laughs> to hey guess what it's all a big fat grand adventure and there are lots of things that you can that you can do lots of exercises um that I have in the book, lots of life practices that you can add in that help you figure out, you get the next hint, the next soul blurt, the next thing that you connect with. um, And you start to get get incredibly attuned and to paying attention to these clues because they're following us all the time. They're showing up all the time, but we're so busy and we have mm-hmm. blinders on and we're in our phones that we miss the vast majority of these clues.
1: Absolutely. I have to say, boy, you really, my mind is blown up again right now, thinking back to 2016 and 2017. I think it was 2016 that I decided to start a day, a photo a day project. And the, and it was just using my little cell phone camera, which, you know, I think I had an iPhone six at the time and I thought, well, what can I do with this thing that's in my pocket every day? Can I take an interesting photo every day and post it? And that one year turned ended up turning into two years. And the second year I combined my big camera with my cell phone and The practice of having to use my eyes every day to look for something interesting, just as a, just as a practice, which was purely a personal project has led to so much for me. And I only know that now, looking back on, looking back on what that did, you know, and how it opened up the the possibility of, of producing a podcast on a weekly basis, you know, that there's a lot of, of moving parts and, and, you know, things that got to happen every week. And I know now that that, you know, when I stepped into doing the podcast, I was like, I can do this. I had two years of, okay, I'm going to do this thing every day. And if I don't do it, but I had to post to social media every day you know, (laughs) but it was a combination of like the creativity and the daily practice and the working of the muscle, you know,
0: that is 1000% the formula 1000%. Yeah. And just as you beautifully pointed out, it can be one thing. Notice you had the tool. You just made a decision And you committed to it. And we tend to make it about, oh, I don't have the right gear, Mm -hmm. so I can't participate. Or it has to be 50 things. Or it has to be the equivalent of going from being a couch potato to scaling Everest by Friday. And we make these scenarios up in our mind that are just born from being afraid And that just sort of self-sabotages us out of the game. But your example is perfect because it's a way to start small and experience on a frequent basis for a short period of time. You're crossing that threshold every single day and you're training your intuition and your awareness, and your imagination to come to the fore. When that happens, it ignites a new kind of courage in us. And when and that happens, and confidence, confidence and courage, yeah. and then it ignites something. This is going to sound completely woo-woo, but it ignites something in the unified field. It ignites a synchronicity, and we start to enjoy, support ideas, resources, strange coincidences of things that are happening to us because we're in this world more and more and more. And, um, all you have to do is just rinse and repeat and you, you committed to it and you did it for two years. And all of these things have, um, come about as a result of that.
1: Yeah. So do you draw every day? What do you do to tap into this for yourself every day?
0: So I have a practice. I have a series of things that I do that I call the five M's um, and that's morning pages, a la Julia Cameron's brainchild, which mm-hmm. is three pages of longhand um, every day, meditation, movement, moments of inspired learning and making something. And when I started, I could only do just about five minutes. This was back, you know, in the day of, of the emotional, emotional gurney. And I don't do all five M's every single day, but I sit down. I have a a journal. It's actually on the other side of the table. That um, I do an art page on one side, and that can be a sketch, that can be an abstract, that can be a collage. It could be a doodle. It could be wild coloring. <laughs> Um, just something to um, engage for five, 10 minutes in the morning. And then I have the opposite page, which is where I set strategy. And I think through any limiting beliefs, and I try to hoover those out. And um, I do a morning walk, I have a beautiful golden retriever who loves the woods as much as I do. Um, And those things and, and a few minutes of meditation are just a brilliant way to prime the pump for the day. And, um, if I don't do a walk, the time to do all of the practices is about 20 minutes or so. Um, and then if I do the walk at, that's an extra hour. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, um, it is truly liberation on steroids.
1: Yeah. I that was another I'll say one thing that I did that was um it came, it actually came after the photo project I was I had gone full-time with my photography business and I was having a really hard time focusing I was having a hard time getting myself out of bed in the morning I was mm, there was something off you know and uh I read Mel Robbins book, the five second rule and realized that me hitting the snooze button every morning was not serving me. And I thought, okay, well, um, I'm going to do an experiment for 30 days. I'm going to get up before my kids and try to, um, and I'm going to spend time for me and I had like a whole morning routine, meditation and movement were in there, journaling, uh, so a little bit of reading and it was one thing it was, ju- you know, a, a, just a little bit of time for me, but before the kids got up, before there was, um, there were fires to put out for the day, you know, and it was really hard because I'm not a morning person. I'm just going to say that. But uh, setting the alarm across the room got my butt out of bed. And once I was up, I kept going. And really, after a couple of weeks, I started to feel a lot better. And after, I don't know, a month or more, my kid noticed I was happy. He, he, didn't know what I was doing. I woke him up one morning and he said, you seem happier, mom. And I was like, Aww. wow. And ever since then, it's just been, okay, well, this is part of my life now. This is what I do. And uh, so the power of that
0: morning routine, wow. And and for the, the folks like yourself who aren't morning people, I I am very much a morning person Um, to the point where when people hear about my <laughs> things they just want to run in the opposite direction yes <laughs> but i want to be clear sounds like a lot right <laughs> there's well and i get up super early super early um but i have learned that my creative circadian rhythm ignites at 3 a.m and burns Ooh. great until about 9 9 30 So anything that I want to write or anything that I want to really have that creative focus for happens during that window. Then I have clients who have evening um, windows or middle kind of like night owl, you know, 11 o'clock to 2 a.m. bursts of, of this kind of creative energy. And so it can come, it doesn't matter when your energy is there. If you can, so you don't have to do the five M's in the morning is what I'm trying to say is that Mm -hmm. if you need to do it at noon and protect that time for you, it's still enormously beneficial. What's important is that you protect the time, wherever Mm -hmm. that window is for you, because it's it's easier for me to protect it because it's first thing and no one's up. <laughs> I don't have the notifications going off because right. everybody's still <laughs> asleep. So later in the day, when the, when the day has, is rolling and there's people and things that are pulling for you, your moat has to be deep and mm-hmm. filled with sharks. So <laughs> you can protect yourself <laughs> and protect that window for yourself.
1: Yeah. But I do love that you're acknowledging that that it doesn't need to be the morning, you know. For me, it does need to be the morning because uh, otherwise, that it, it just won't happen. I, yes, know, it's, it's just not going to happen. But but I am more naturally attuned to um, evening or later at night. You know, is when I kind of say it's it's amazing, right? So once my kids are are grown and flown completely, you know, I might revisit do you know going back to and, and doing my stuff later at night. I don't know. That that's worth thinking about, isn't it? Oh my goodness. This has been fantastic. <laughs> what are you excited about that's coming up next?
0: Oh my gosh. I am working on my second book and I am launching a podcast, which is going to be a very short form podcast. Uh-huh. I am in the process of designing a combination of a cottage and studio which will be a place where i can host workshops and seminars and retreats and also hang my art Uh um and i have a european trip planned for march which i'm super jazzed about i'm a big fiend for travel I am launching a certification course for coaches who want to be trained in the buoyant method. And, um, what else is happening? I think that's it. That's all. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Oh no, I do have one more thing. I have this great idea for a project for, um, for Hollywood. And so I am, um, I have located, I have the person who I'm going to pitch and I have their contact information. And, um, after the new year, I'm going to send it out there and see what happens.
1: That is very exciting. Wow. You got a lot going on lady. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) How can people find you? Where, where are you these days?
0: Yes. So you can find me, connect with me um, through my website, which is innovationandcreativityinstitute.com. And you can connect with me on all the social channels through the website. Um, and that's the easiest sort of point of, um, at the center of the hub to, um, to connect with me everywhere. Fantastic.
1: Well, I can totally see why Beth Barani uh, sent me, sent us, you know, put us together. Uh, and I'll thank you again, Beth, if you're listening. And, uh, because she is, she is one of the most creative people that I know as, as a book coach
0: and, uh, you know, very cool. She is a phenom. She
1: is a phenom. <laughs> That's a good word for her. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I will have information and links for everybody in the show notes as well. So people can go and find you if they if they go to the show notes. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you. This has been lovely. Thank you. I feel the same way. Well, there you have it. Oh, my goodness. She's, she blew my mind on so many levels during that conversation. And, you know, I guess all I have to say is I just want to invite you to join me in my living playfully at any age challenge. We forget to play and and we don't allow ourselves to play. It's like it's been groomed out of us as we get older. And there is some power there for all of us to tap into to get to know ourselves better and to live more easily than we do have you bought into the hustle culture as well i don't know let me know (laughs) send me a message am i the only one (laughs) i don't think i am Um, so if you want more information about susie and your drive-in don't worry you can always go to The show notes for this episode, that's at latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast. And you can just look for episode 175 and uh, get a copy of her book. See what it opens up for you. I also want to invite you to the next get together of the Age Agitators Club, which may sound a lot scarier than it actually is. It's a bunch of women getting together who... Are like-minded ready to make waves and talking about how we can bust through some of our beliefs about ourselves at this point point. and we meet once a month on zoom and the next one is coming right up on March 6th at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time if you want to check it out for a free month let me know I can hook you up And you can see if the group is a good fit for you. That is all for now, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.